0: That's probably one of the hardest things to get over as the teacher is to realize that you don't need to send your kids home with a page of algebra homework, <laughs> you know, like do the odds. So it's like 25 problems. That was one of the hardest sells with my with my colleagues. Um, and most of them are catching on. They're thinking like, wow, do you know how much time we can save if we don't have to check homework at the beginning of class? Yeah, I was I was cool with it right from the get-go.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Get More Math podcast, where we support teachers in their quest for long-term student gains. This is a podcast for teachers to share their passion for math education, learn best practices from experts in the field, and swap ideas for student success. This is community. This is Get More Math.
2: Hello, welcome to the Get More Math podcast. I'm Josh Britton, your host, and this season we're talking to math teachers. We're getting their stories, we're finding out what it's like to be on the adventure of teaching math. And today's special guest is Nicole Snyder. Hello, Nicole, could you tell us something about yourself?
0: Yes, of course, I'd be happy to. So I teach at Midwest Middle School in Middleburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, This is my 18th year teaching. I actually started in high school teaching trig and advanced math with juniors and seniors. Ended up teaching algebra two, algebra one, and now I landed myself in sixth grade math, which I never thought I would ever be a middle school math teacher. So it's been a, a fun ride those 18 years. I have some kids at home that are juniors. I have a junior, I have an 8th grader and then I have a little guy 4 years old that's in preschool so he'll head to kindergarten next year.
2: Yes. Excellent. So you've already you've already intrigued me. It's, it's a funny way to kind of go from from a trig teacher and then kind of working your way down. Was that by choice or did you just sort of end up getting
0: pushed into those positions? Yeah, let's talk about that. So trig is my favorite, favorite thing to do. So I, I, yes, I really miss my trig class. That was the only state like consistent class I had for the 12 years I was a high school teacher. So I taught trig and then I ended up realizing there are a lot of algebra skills lacking. So my principal thought, well, we'll just have Nicole, you know, work with these kids in algebra two while she's teaching trig to kind of get that to be more up to speed, I guess. And then Keystone started in Pennsylvania and they said, we really, ah, yes. need, we need you to teach algebra one. And I said, do I have to? And they said, well, not yet, but maybe soon. And they gave me one more year of my schedule Then mm-hmm. I ended up going into algebra one. So when I heard that there was, an opening at the middle school, I jumped on it because I liked the, I thought I need some kind of change here. It was, it was a really tough gig being in algebra one. And um, I found myself teaching some of the remediation, well, I don't call them remediation classes, but they were the classes for students who were taking the test for the second time around. Oh
2: yeah. Tough. So
0: that was a tough, that was a tough deal. And I formed a lot of good bonds and relationships with those kids but i was just trying to help them understand that you know math isn't doesn't have to be evil and you know they can actually solve some problems but it ended up it was it was a little tiresome and um i just saw an opportunity so i i asked for the transition to sixth grade i didn't i didn't realize how much i I needed that change. it was my twelfth year, and i've been here now. This is my sixth year, so really
1: realized- so
2: what you say you needed that change, but then you you didn't know it what How did you discover you needed it like what was it about teaching sixth grade that sort of i don't know changed things for you I, don't know.
0: I was yeah, so I was the um department chair at the high school for the we had eighth we have eighth grade in our high school, so it was eighth through twelfth grade, and I was department chair, so they asked me to join the committee. To kind of reevaluate our elementary program, K to six. And we, I was on the committee and we did some in service training and I saw the program and I thought, wow, like this would be a great time if I was going to do something different to try it. I was also kind of in a point where I didn't know if I was going to make it to year 13. Mm. So I thought, I got to try something before yeah. I leave the whole idea of teaching. So that was my, that was my saving. I thought, okay, I'll try this. Um, It's a funny story. My husband's husband and his, my father-in-law own a little hot dog shop. And um, I, my joke is, well, I'll, I'll flip hot dogs for a little while and see how that goes. That's kind of where I was at, but I'm glad I made the switch I really miss my trig kids my advanced Mm -hmm. math students and that higher level and the excitement of graduation and college bound kids but it's kind of neat because now I have sixth grade students and when I see them. um, they're all excited to tell me Um, what class they're in and some of them even uh, will come over to the high school and help you know with some tutoring sessions and stuff
2: what. It just goes to show it takes different strokes because those like ninth graders that uh really struggle with algebra one, that was my favorite clientele ever. Like that was my sweet spot. Although there was that one semester where I was like, maybe this isn't for me. I mean, I, I had a really rough group as happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. And if you're in that zone where you're already teaching kids who they're 15, they're 16 on the weekends, they're just wasted, you know, they're mm-hmm. going into the city and just nuking their brains on on substances. And you're supposed to teach them algebra. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I did have that semester. I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to make it. But yeah. overall, <laughs> overall, that was my my my, my sweet spot. Um, well, if we have time, we'll return to trig because yes. I want to talk a little bit more about trigonometry. <laughs> but uh, let's let's dive into your use of get more math. I'm curious to know when when did you start using it and how did you run into it?
0: Well, that is a good story because I was supposed to, again, well, I transferred to the middle school and then the teacher who was department chair here retired. So, of course, they kind of asked me if I would step into that role again. So I'm back on curriculum council and they send me to conferences. So I was headed over to my local IU and we were supposed to learn scoring open-ended questions (laughs) which sounded like a real good time and i this it really was a good time because i went to it the year year before i went to it and we got to practice the questions and we we got lots of good information from it came back and usually what they do is they send a sixth grade teacher and a seventh grade teacher Um, our middle school only has two grade levels so the two of us go and we get to collaborate it's nice to see other teachers from the iu and here we are we're back at this and they're like we want to send you again i'm like but i did it last year and evidently they thought it would be different it it actually wasn't it was kind of the same thing but i took another teacher with me so she could hear it and it turns out there were some teachers from our elementary school that came along as well but i received an email like two or three days before the conference and they were giving me this get more math information and i was like what is this And then I kind of got intrigued and I was excited and I thought, oh, this is going to be good. This, I thought right away, it was going to be great. Another teacher in my school um, knows somebody that used Get More Math as a pilot program. They were doing it with their math classes and just ranting and raving over it, saying that we need to get this. And she kept asking administration about it. And they said, you know let's see what what it is and get us more information so we go to this conference we come back with all this information that's when I met Pam and Mm -hmm. if I could just like I when I came back to present this to my math department I was like you guys got to meet her like she will get you so excited about this that you won't you won't be able to say no So I showed it to them. A few of my teachers, colleagues were a little overwhelmed at first, but we got started. We had finished the first marking period. This was, my goodness, it wasn't that long ago, but I feel like quarantine has my calendar all messed up. Sure, it was a whole nother age. Yeah, it was like, okay, so this is, we used it a full year, 2019-20. So this is our second full year. So we had used it the previous school year, 2018-19. And we started in the second marking period, so we used it three quarters of the year. That's how that's how I got introduced to it. Um, I just jumped right on board, started making assignments. That led to using exams, and then the data. Wow, I mean, I could go on and on about the data and how to analyze that. And we just we just took it and ran. That's we just, awesome.
2: So you've been using Get More Math for maybe a, a couple of years, it sounds like? So you-
0: Yes, this is our second year. But I would pretty much say we're almost finishing our second year because we have only about two weeks left in our first marking period.
2: Okay, yeah, if you, like from the moment you started to this moment. Yes. So can you tell me how things changed in your classroom or in your practices when you started using our system?
0: Yeah, so- sure. So it was um, an adjustment to change like the the routine of my lessons. So I used to fill my class periods with, When out, you got to know that I actually have two periods of math. So my kids are with me for 84 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's, it sounds like you should be able to get so much done, but we use that time as like some intervention time because they don't have another intervention period. So it, It, we have a lot we need to do in that time. And I used to keep the kids so busy. They didn't even know there were bells ringing in the middle of the period to like, for other kids to change their class. Uh, We would do, you know, notes, interactive notebooks, play Kahoot, um, I'd have center games and all kinds of activities for these kids to do and talk about worksheets. I would copy so many worksheets.
2: Mm. So
0: we would do all this stuff. And I would say the biggest change that I saw is that I don't need to do all that. And I still have like a routine we follow. But um, I actually sometimes find my interactive notebooks, I'm snipping problems from Get More Math and putting them into a format where they can, I can write out step by step notes for them and they'll have something they can look back at. But I pretty much followed all the trainings. I've done almost all of them. I kind of (laughs) was, I made my quarantine. It was like my job to like just learn everything I could. And um, I kind of, I took that thirds idea and just kind of put it out there where I teach for a third of the time and we practice for a third of the time. And then we're in mixed review a lot. And the kids are like, nice. we're in mixed review. And I'm like, nice. yeah. I mean, I have kids that will yell, we're in mixed review. What should we yell today? They'll say, what should we yell today? And one of them will go like, booyah. Or someone will say, yay. <laughs> and like, it's like a, a thing. Like they, They're motivating each other. And they just started doing it. And I'm just like, well, that's fun. <laughs> but they're sixth graders.
2: I As the kids finish the initial assignment,
0: mm-hmm.
2: whoever finishes first goes,
0: booyah. And then the rest of the kids have to yell what that kid yelled when they get oh, to mixed review. That's
2: so playful. I love it. That yeah. has a really fun feel to it.
0: Yeah. And it it kind of gets everybody like a camaraderie. As and they're the, like, oh, yeah, I want to get to mixed review too. And then they'll yell, booyah. And like, that's what it is. And if someone gets there, they'll be like, what are we supposed to say? And I'm like, well, you're the first one. You get to make it up.
2: <laughs> that is really fun. We had, some,
0: we had some silly things.
2: Oh, so what else have they had?
0: Oh, man. Some of them were like... Oh, they'd yell out like their cat's name or they'd say <laughs> that was like weird that's stuff great. like tacos or it's just, they're silly.
2: I would be very motivated to get there first. Like that mm-hmm. sounds fun. I would want to be the person who gets to establish today's yelled thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, what but, can you yell out today? Oh, yeah. Hump day. That was a big one on Wednesday. I oh, yell, Hump yeah. Day.
2: <laughs> I think that's the sort of story I'm looking for with this podcast is the funny things people Hump. do. Um it reminds me, and I, I can't remember if I've told on this podcast this story yet, when I first made the app, of course, I made it for myself, right? It's just my mm-hmm. classroom and my craziness. So I made it so that whenever you got a problem right, you got a random sound effect. So yeah. like think like the, in the original student app, like all kinds of things would fall down the screen, not just smileys, but like like, or the screen would rip in half and like would, words would oh, flash wow. out at you, or all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but anyway, that was back when we had a java student app and just like the java teacher app we had to retire it for like it was an ancient technology but anywho um we had random sound effects and then i would let kids record things for me and then i would put them into the app so like they'd get a problem right and they'd hear themselves say like "Muy we'll in or something you know oh. whatever they whatever <laughs> they chosen so all over the room all period long you're hearing little like like a little bit of Beethoven or I can't remember I'm terrible Bach Beethoven or whatever just little clips all period long it was really fun
0: this group didn't see the pumpkins or the turkeys or anything yet I think they're going to be pretty excited because every time something new appears they're like did you see that I said no do it again
2: that's perfect yeah yeah keep getting it well so so um sometime what is that i guess the pumpkins show up first i don't know when that's the show will soon. be released they might have already shown up by then but yeah the pumpkins will start showing up soon so uh you'll you'll get some people like <gasps> yeah i don't know well that's fun to hear about the enthusiasm among your sixth graders uh do you have other uh kind of things you've done or seen that you maybe didn't see coming
0: when you started using it well that's yeah so um just in the first, like, I think I counted 35 days of school we've had so far and fingers crossed we keep on going like this We're we're teaching in school and um, kids are coming every day. So they, um, we have these badges. I, I can't, I wish I could remember who um, suggested it because I joined the Facebook, the Get More Math Teacher Facebook group and um, my colleagues saw these badges and she turned them into like little we call them like our little kind of like your scout badges or your awana patches you know so we printed them out for the kids and we we all have posters hanging outside our doors and the first badge is a thousand points and you're a mathlete i just had my seventh kid today sign the poster so he took his little badge down and put it on his locker um So we work our way up 1,000, 3,000, 5,000, 10,000. We had two students in our school hit 10,000 last year. And that was even including quarantine time. So that was a rough rough time to get some students um, on with internet issues and stuff like that. But yeah, we ended up with um, two sixth graders with 10,000 points um, last year. So that's one of our, um, one of my success stories, I would say, because, Um, I feel like in the kind of circumstances we have right now to get the, the motivation going a little bit. Um, I know I feel like in my classroom, I'm a little off, it's, it's a little different feeling, but, um to have get more math, um, behind us like this is just such a relief. And I feel like I can, I can use that enthusiasm to help keep the kids motivated, even though some of them probably don't really want to be here to wear a mask. Don't
2: want to be there don't want to wear masks and maybe they don't want to do math problems. Well,
0: yes. And there are, um, I have both ends of the spectrum here. I have some that are very highly motivated. I had a boy tell me he was going to go home and do 400 problems over the weekend (sighs) because he wanted that math lead badge and he's close.
1: (laughs) I took some breaks,
0: but he's close. And then, um, it is very, um, rewarding for the students who usually, um, don't feel success because they're seeing that immediate feedback and attention. Mm. And I can see their confidence just growing by, um, you know, they'll, they'll get it wrong, but they'll try again. Nice. Instead of moving on. Like when I was talking about those worksheets, oh my goodness, like right. I get on a worksheet with 25 problems, but they might get three. Right. So, right. you know, now I told the kids, I said, they're like, you only gave us, you know, four points. And they said, those four points are really important. I said, and I'll always show my, I have my kids looking at their data all the time. It's not Hmm. just my responsibility. I put that on them too. I show them from day one, how to use their calendar. Oh, I love showing the calendar to parents. So I tell them, I said, I'll show this to your parents if they want to, if they ever want to come in and talk to me and I'll be using that in conferences in just a couple of weeks. But we look at the calendar. I set today's goal for them. So they know, what to expect. And I am seeing, they are hitting that goal. They're going beyond their goal. Um, they're, they're really getting into it and it helps those kids that normally, um, wouldn't feel very successful, I think. So I'm getting a lot more interest and buy-in and they're, I feel like they're more motivated. When it, When
2: it comes to setting the goal for anybody who doesn't know about how that all works, like you can say to the Java teacher app, Hey, all my kids need to get to 15 points today. And then they, they see a little indicator on their screen as to whether they got it or not. And, and that's what Nicole is talking about. And typically we say, set the goal to something more than whatever you assigned. So if you assign something that's worth, say seven or eight points, make sure the goal is set to 12 points or 14 points. My question to you, Nicole, is when do you tell them the goal?
0: When- I usually give them like 20 minutes to work on that practice set. And if I say the practice set is six points and they've got 20 minutes to get there, um, I am ready on that mixed review button to push those kids into mixed review when that timer rings. But I also Hmm. use the kids who aren't there yet. I'll pull them aside and do like a small group instruction with three or four, whoever needs help. And then the problems we do together, I'll count that towards there towards their daily goal but then I kind of keep it a mystery I let the kids think and they're like well what's today's goal and I was I'll say well we're still trying to decide you know and then I'll have kids that like give me ideas well it should be 12 it should be 20 how about 30 and I was like okay well we'll go somewhere in that range and then they don't usually see me typing the goal but some kids will be able if they catch a glance at the board, right. As I'm doing it, they'll say, Oh, she made it 18. But a lot of kids it's a surprise because, and it just pops up this check Mark. And then you hear this cheer, like, yes, yep. I my goal. <laughs> and then other yep, kids yeah. are like, okay, I got to do three more. I can do that. And then at that point in time, we usually have about 10 minutes left in the period. So some of them leave with homework and some of them get it done.
2: Hey man, that's how it goes. I, I used to tell my kids two minutes before the bell. So I'd set the number two minutes before the bell. And I had the same thing, like this great big cheer from all the kids who had the number. And then the the funniest part for me, because I'd been teaching for a lot of years before I implemented that strategy, is the kid would be like, oh, man, I've got a homework point, like singular, like one problem to do. And I'm like, you know, (laughs) back in the day, like, (laughs) yeah, I. Like when I was a kid, it didn't matter how hard I worked in class and or how well I understood the concepts. I still had to do the entire busy work every mm-hmm. night. Like in this system, you are liberated. And yes, you do have one problem more to mm-hmm. do, you poor kid. but it was that was a funny
0: that's probably one of the hardest like, things to get over as the teacher is to realize that you don't need to send your kids home with a page of algebra homework, <laughs> you know, like, do the odds. So it's like 25 problems. Um, Mm -hmm. that was one of the hardest cells with my, with my colleagues. Um, and most of them are catching on they're thinking like, wow, do you know how much time we can save if we don't have to check homework at the beginning of class? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was cool with it right from the get go. (laughs) You
2: You get into that permanent cycle of you're always on the back foot because like the kids didn't quite understand yesterday's lesson. Homework homework didn't go super well. You discover that at the beginning of your class. You need to address it. Mm-hmm. So you're answering questions. You have kids working together. There's so many tricks, right? But somehow eventually you figure out the issue. But now you're half an hour into your class or something. Twenty five minutes rectifying the homework, and and some of the kids didn't even do it. So they sort of like you try to get them occupied, and busy. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. so the whole homework homework review thing was like this, like rip. I I didn't finish my story. Then you don't have as much time left for today's idea. So then that homework for that night doesn't go as well as you'd hoped. And the next day you spend too much time getting rid of that and actually knowing when they walk through the door that every single problem, every single point they earned on Get More Math represented an accurate on their first try attempt was like it it actually opened up like 20 minutes a day for Mm me. Um, And yet the the homework I was giving was better than it had ever been because it was mixed review. Mm -hmm. So I had better homework. It was no longer busy work because only kids who needed it got it. And I had more time in my class. That was when, when all that kind of unlocked, I was all of a sudden able to do so much more Mm -hmm. or my kids were able to do so much more is probably um, the better way to put that. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. I'm glad you've
2: experienced that too.
1: We would like to invite all of our listeners to visit our website at GetMoreMath.com, where you'll find helpful information about how Get More Math can help you transform the math education experience through targeted mastery and cyclical review. We welcome you to take advantage of our free trial for the 2021 school year. Find more information about the free trial at GetMoreMath.com. Now, back to the show. So I was going to say it with the calendar too. So I showed the kids then
0: um, when they would say, you know, you said about having one problem. Well, that kid only had one point to earn, but it could have maybe done five problems. So I try to point that out to the students, how many errors they're fixing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we have a, We left last year in March and it was, we were just getting ready to start a new, um, like a competition. Like we try to keep the kids involved as much as possible. So like each month or holiday or something, we would, as a department, we would come up with these themes and ways to get the kids more motivated and to stay on task and not you know kind of slack off. Sure. So our big um it was like march and i was thinking like okay leprechauns pots of gold you know things like that so we had a gold digger. So theme be a gold digger and you know and then it has like a pot of gold like coins and stuff on it but it was pretty much the um the phrase i kind of took it from all the different um programs like your webinars and all that stuff that we in all the handouts that are posted is two is too many. So we were like focusing on penalties and
2: Hmm. cut
0: corners and, um, -hmm. you're fixing your Hmm. errors, you know, your mistakes. And I just kind of left that up and we started the year with that. So we kind of, we did a big push on that, this marking period, just making sure that you don't cut the corners more than two times. You ask, you raise your hand and ask for help. You, you know, try to, answer the question correctly so you don't end up with penalties and you know you work on if you get a problem incorrect don't just move on to another one fix that one and you know make it all work so um we kind of took that and used that data to show the kids so they're checking their accuracy um we are also looking at how many errors they fixed and program yeah so they have they have a pretty good handle on it um thinking probably like Real soon here, towards the end of the marking period, I'll have like a little conference with them all, and we'll set some individual goals. Because right now we kind of have all the goals as a class, but and unfortunately, like all the social distancing, kind of put like a stop to some of our more fun um, activities. Mm. But we'll see. Hopefully soon they'll be able to do those again. So I'm curious
2: to know maybe what has been challenging for you as you've started trying to use that system and switching over. What have you had any interesting kind of misunderstanding or surprises or?
0: Well, it's teaching in general is (laughs) challenging. (laughs) The challenging part was when the kids were at home and I'm trying to figure out how I can help them. Yeah. So I know that's, that's been a challenge, but I feel like I had a pretty good handle on that. I started making little videos um, for -hmm. problems and posting a picture of the problem and then a link, to the video. So hopefully students could follow along. My my biggest challenge is not in using the program, but just um, getting some of the kids to um, do it at home. Like it's a choice. Like um, you have time for Fortnite and you mm. have time for three sports practices, but you just don't have time for homework. But I think that would be probably a challenge just for any Any subject really for that kid but it is um, an issue I guess just making sure that the kids do have the right internet to be able to do do this at home because sometimes I just I 84 minutes go by it sounds like a long time but I can't always get the kids through the material and have you know the 40 minutes of practice that I really really wanted
2: do you have students who just don't have internet access
0: we do. Yeah, we have a real rural area. And even with hotspots, some of them, um, we delivered hotspots during quarantine. We've passed them out already because there was talk last week about having to go virtual here in our district. Mm-hmm. But that's been, we've been relieved of that. Our our numbers here are getting a little better. So um, we that's do. That's good to hear.
2: We, like my co-teacher and I, would make packets based on mixed review for those kids. And we would say, this is your home mixed review packet. And we we would print out something like you know, mm-hmm. you can use Get more Math to make like multiple copy printouts. Yes. And we would say if you need seven points, your responsibility is to work through the next seven problems. Mm-hmm. And we also gave them the answer keys as well. So like mm-hmm. I don't know it that doesn't work for every kid. For some kids, right, it's like you could right. give them the yeah, answers. That
0: would but we that would probably be I'll have to write that down because that's gonna be um that will be helpful if that. If that would happen, if I keep noticing, there's usually only like two kids in yep, a group that will too. that won't make it. But you know, it's I'm the kind I don't know. I'm kind of teacher that just I want them all to have the success. Absolutely, and, oh, even yeah. one is yep. too many well, for me so to here's, have. here's
2: here's one of the interesting things that I I discovered. So a student would say, "Look, I don't have internet access. My, my family's not able to get it. You know, whatever." And I say, "Hey, no problem." And I'd print out like a, a hundred problem thing. Say, this is your mixed review for the next several weeks, whenever you need points work. And they'd say, you know what? My uncle has internet access. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> like, it's you should funny. visit.
0: They, yeah, yeah. They
2: often um, ended up finding mm-hmm. ways to do it via the computer after Oh, all. Once I bet
0: too that would happen a lot.
2: That was an interesting motivator. As soon as mm-hmm. the little, you know, 15 page worksheet came their way. <laughs>
0: I I found those um, worksheets, the printable worksheets and the practice tests that you can print very helpful, especially when um, if I have some, I have some parents that'll reach out and say, can my student come in for a little tutoring or stay after school once a week? And, um, you know, I'll, I'll use those. And yeah. sometimes I'll they'll say, can I have more problems? Cause we'll do problems together. And then I'll print it out and I'll put their answer key on a different color page. Just to only look at this when you're ready. But oh, they, like, idea, they eh? think that's cool that, you know, they can look at the answer.
2: Right. It's sort of a measure of responsibility. You're kind of te- you're kind of honoring them by saying, here's the yeah. answers. Right. Yeah. And you're it actually it's just for them to prepare. So there's no like cheating yeah. or something, but they feel special. Uh, I like the separate color idea.
0: Yeah. I have to remember sometimes that I'm in sixth grade because I um I was so used to teaching the trig and ju- to juniors right. that um I'd be like what do you mean you didn't check your answers in the back before class <laughs> and they were like that's cheating I'm like it is not cheating it's like taking responsibility and knowing ahead of time right. what what questions you need to ask
2: so I'm going to turn this around a little bit I'm curious to know if you have any questions for me
0: well actually I was wondering, um, as a parent, uh, I have, I said I have a junior and I also have an eighth grader and they will avoid doing homework at all costs. And I think it's because they know mom teaches math and mom's going to make them do their math and might even sit beside them. So did you have any strategies or tips for parents to get their kids interested and on board with all this stuff?
2: Well, I, I also have a few children. I have, uh, now he's a 22 year old and I have a 17 year old. So they're, they're beyond the age of, of needing handholding and, and kind of extra motivators. Uh, but gosh, you know, it kind of brings up my dark side. I, I, I would, I would make a requirement and in my household, if I made a requirement, you kind of had to do it. That was kind of how things rolled for us. Uh, one of my kids was very compliant, just did it right. And the other one would, you know, I don't know, think about other things and doodle for a while and eventually slowly get up. But they both liked Get More Math overall. Uh, And actually, it's funny. So so use Get More Math for my own kids for years. So they had this cumulative review that built over years and years and years. They had all these colored squares. And um, overall, they liked it because uh, they liked getting things right and they liked getting stars. So I didn't have I didn't have to do a lot of arm twisting, Nicole. Um, every kid's <laughs> different great. though, right? I mean, every kid's yeah. different. I,
0: every I don't kid feel is like different. there is like,
2: like the, the, let me tell you how to do it. I feel like if you told me more about one child, I could start, you know, brainstorming and, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I like that about working with kids. And, mm-hmm. um. but I also, it also kind of defies like a solution, especially when it comes to motivation. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. So different.
0: Well, and I think they have, the, they have mom and dad on them a little bit. So um, sometimes I wonder if it's not just because mom and dad are both teachers that they think feel <sighs> like, hmm, what can I do like just to get it done?
2: <laughs> well, it's been lovely chatting with you. I don't know if we have time left, so I'm going to bring one more topic back up that's just mm-hmm. uh, an outlier. Mm-hmm. But trigonometry you said you love trigonometry. What do you love about
0: trigonometry? Oh my gosh. So I really, my favorite thing was either the proofs of identities or the graphing. I used to do this project. I just loved with graphing the biorhythms and we would have students like figure out their emotional and their, oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to remember them all, but there was there were three biorhythms. They follow the sine wave and it was just so much fun. I had kids, I told them to figure it out for like just a month. Well, we would do this project in like February and they wanted to know what their mood was going to be or how they were going to be feeling. It was physical, um, emotional and forget what the other one was, but, um, they wanted to figure that out to like graduation or a special thing that was happening like prom or something. So they would have like pages and pages of graph paper taped together. So they knew on, you know, May 12th, how they were going to be feeling if they should stay home because they didn't want to fall is- and, you know, like be in a cast for prom or, you know, all this stuff. So we, um we did, we did some cool stuff and, I just, I just miss that level of interaction with, with Mm -hmm. the students and talking about college and preparing for that kind of stuff, the graduation stuff.
2: Yeah. I I didn't work with kids at that level very often, but uh, I love the topic. I never, Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever taught like pure trigonometry, but boy, what a, what a wonderful topic. I love how it all boils down to one idea, this whole ratios thing. Mm -hmm. And all of it builds from there. You end up with graphing and unit circle and identities but it all comes down to the similar right triangles like Mm -hmm. like that's what it all comes down to and i they would bring me into the other classes to teach that core idea because i had this whole big this whole big lie that i told about this guy in nepal and measuring cliff heights and like using shadows and i had all these pictures of like Mm -hmm. you know cliff dwelling huts or, or holes and stuff and anyway just, and then I, I won't go into the whole song and dance, but we had this whole several day activity where we never actually told them you can find ratios on your calculator. We made them find them by m- taking pieces of paper and drawing triangles. We made a the book of Sokotoa where yeah. like you'd have to look up yeah. 32 degrees and that was, that was measured by Mandy. Like, oh. so the sign of 32 degrees is this ratio, which she measured on a piece of paper. So. Anyway, yeah. when I finally told them they could use their calculators because all those numbers are pre-programmed, it was always a fun reveal. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved trigonometry, the little bit that I got to participate in it.
0: Yeah. Every now and then I take a, I take a sneak peek at the trigonometry and get more math. I'm like, oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we just have a little bit. Uh, we'll build that out over time. Well, thanks so much for stopping by. Uh, it's lovely c- catching up with you. We're getting to know you, really. Uh, for starters. I I wish you all the best on your school year.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Get More Math podcast. Drop us a comment and let us know what you thought about this episode. You can always connect with us at getmoremath.com. Have a great day.